hello. Welcome to Healthy Perspectives, a podcast that takes on current cultural and social issues through a clinical lens. Welcome back. Today, we're getting right after it. Uh, we we got to talk about free will or slavery. Do we have free will? Is free will a real thing? There's, uh, you know, some of you out there, you, you're already locked in. You know your answer. Some of you, you genuinely don't know where you fall in this argument. But today... I want to get after it. I want to get after it in a way that's that's really different. And it goes back to something that I, I shared a little bit of uh, maybe a couple of months back. Uh, there there was a, a movie. Um, and in this movie, uh, there there was uh, this character. It's, it's called Nefarious. The movie is called Nefarious. And there was this character who is in the movie representing the demons. And if we want to take a look at free will, I think it's a great, great place to start. I want you to hear what he says about the idea of free will, because it's, well, one, it's flipping fantastic and super, super interesting. But the other is it outlines some things that we need to contemplate if we're going to talk about free will. And I'm going to tell you a little, little punchline for you. At the end of this episode, I will tell you straight up whether free will exists or not. And I will do it not just from a, a, a demons and angels perspective. No, I will do it from a psychological perspective. Okay. So hang in tight. Uh, enjoy this, this next couple of, I don't know, it's about a minute just a little over a minute. I don't normally do clips this big, uh, but today, today you get you get to see a little bit of this clip because it's pretty flipping fantastic. So I hope you enjoy. I use small words. Try and keep up. In the first moment of creation, our creation. Long before what you call the universe existed, we contemplated ourselves, our own being. Our, ourselves meaning, what, the angels? That would be the most correct term, though I despise it, but yes. Beings of pure spirit, spirit endowed with will. We soon became aware of another will, an immensely powerful will, one we came to realize as our origin. God? The enemy. My master understood by endowing us with a will we have the right to self-determination, and by giving us a will and its desires of our own, we're entitled to be free. Whereas the enemy insisted that by creating us, he was entitled to eternal gratitude, worship, and forced servitude. In a word, James, slavery to his will. That seems kind of unfair. Okay, folks. If we are going to talk about free will, uh, we we have no choice but to to talk about uh, the, the the world of where pressures come from in terms of will. So if I have a will, 
and you have a will, what do we do if those wills contradict one another? One of us has to forego our actual desire. So uh, I'm going to paint it to you in a really filthy way. An adult takes a liking to a child in a sexual way. You could argue, well, they have the free will to do that. But do they? The answer is yes, but whenever wills of one thing collide with the will of another thing, you have a friction point. Now, at that friction point, there's a few things that can happen. Psychologically, what can happen is this is where we run into love and hate. Let me paint it for you a slightly different way. When God's will, in this movie clip, when God's will ran into the will of another spirit, something had to give out of love and respect that spirit could endear itself to God by saying your will is greater than my will. I'm going to go with your will. But if God's will were in fact evil, for instance, it's like that adult that longs to have that sexual relationship with a child, that's an evil, then God would no longer exist as a good God. Whew. Tough to swallow, probably. But somebody's will still has to give in a scenario like that. So where Evil exists, love cannot. And where love exists, evil cannot. Let me put it into psychological terms for you. When we look at the idea of free will, there is one, and some of you have probably heard me talk about this in the past, but there is one body of research that proves the existence of an agape style love. And that is the research around altruism. Altruism is the freely giving of ourselves to help another merely for the sake of being helpful. I have the time, the energy, the resources. It may come at great risk to me, but I can see no other reasonable response than to extend care and love to this other suffering person. Altruism. In altruism, we actually see a development occur within the brain that is not there if we don't have 
a person with altruistic behaviors that are routine. A part of the brain actually develops new neural networks, new firings, and it's right between the midbrain and the hemispheres. It thickens in there and it, it becomes literally a physical difference. Why is that so significant? Because altruism is in a, in a clinical world, one of the, it's the behavior of love. Now, love comes in a lot of different forms. It can be a feeling. It can be a behavior. It can, it can be a lot of things. But altruism is the behavior of love. And when it's present, it changes our entire being. The way in which we see the world goes through that new lens. Everything changes. Our emotions, our thoughts, our experiences they all shift. If you try to do altruism, let's say you try to trick altruism, right? You try to do behaviors saying, oh, I'm going to be a good person from now on. But you're doing it because you want to have the benefit of being altruistic. Little fact for you, that part of your brain does not develop. You can't fake it. It cannot be faked. So in connecting the two worlds, the spiritual world with the psychological world, I would pose this as my, uh, my hypothesis. If you do real altruism it opens your system up to be developed literally changed by good spirits if you do not do altruism behaviors of love purely for the sake of doing them, then you have a closed door to the good spirits. And therefore, the only thing that can get in would be evil. I hate to tell you, that's when you look at the research on altruism, it definitely leads in that direction. Now, do I know everything? No, I don't claim to. But if you want a different pathway for your future, one that is open to the idea that there is a being of much more significant influence than you or me, I can tell you one of the starting spots, do some altruism purely for the sake of doing altruism. The other thing that that will likely do is it will likely put you into circles of people who do altruistic things. I don't know how much of an influence that has, but sociologically, I would probably suggest that where, you know, 
who your friends are, who you hang out with, does impact who you become. But to what extent? I don't know. I mean, I, I spent a lot of time hanging out with, with people that are probably not considered to be the right people. But I held on to the idea of I am here to serve. I am here to love as best I can. And I didn't become less than. I don't know if I became as great as I could, but I didn't I didn't diminish. So do what you want with that information as well. So when I say free will or slave, think about it in this in this context. If you liked this one, do me a favor. Let me know. Send me an email, uh, text, like whatever it is that you know you you want to reach out to me, and uh, and let me know what you think. I appreciate your time always. Thank you so much for joining us, and have a great one. Hey everybody! Thanks for listening. We appreciate our audience a lot, so we give you some simple ways to track us down. Please like, subscribe, and follow all the podcasts on different platforms, but you can also email us at healthyperspectives at protonmail.com, or you can check out our website at healthy-perspectives.com slash podcast. It's a backward slash. So if you want to go to our landing page, if you go to healthy dash perspectives.com. You'll still find us. You just got to click on the podcast button. Thank you so much.